is up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. Merry Christmas. Merry two days after Christmas. This is Will Brinson. I'm the host of CBS Sports' daily NFL podcast. We banged out two long episodes before the holidays where Brady Quinn and I and Jason Lockenfor and I transcended time and space to get the podcast to you on the holidays. Hopefully that helped in your travel. Um, there were some issues with my travel and my computer battery and my internet at my parents' house and my internet at my brother-in-law's house and my, like, uh, like all kinds of other stuff. Thankfully, an angel from above, the one, the only John Breach is swooping in to knock out a very quick newsy and prediction focused podcast. John Breach, how was your Christmas, buddy? Well, my Christmas was awesome, but this was a classic Brinson. I love we're starting off with you throwing your family under the bus. <laughs> um, but I also love that we're doing this two days after Christmas. I still have that eggnog aftertaste in my mouth, so I'm ready to roll. Oh, that's I. What do you what What do you put in your eggnog? Uh, generally, it, it depends how uh, naggy it is. You know, some people use the eggs. It depends how thick. If I need to loosen it up a little, I'll throw some rum in there. I know. Do people put whiskey in their eggnog? Maybe? Oh, yeah. I put bourbon and eggnog on uh, Christmas night. Okay, I use rum, but maybe I need to switch to whiskey next year. Uh, both are good. I do a little I, – I do – I usually just use the pre-made eggnog and then bourbon, like, a, you know, maybe a shot and a half of bourbon in a small – my dad actually has ex, uh, stainless steel – or silver sterling or whatever it is, eggnog cups. So it's like specifically designed for cup for eggnog, which to me are eggnog like eggnog specific cups are a top five drink specific cup right up there with um, the the mint julep cup and then of course the Moscow Mule cup. I mean anybody who's seen Christmas Vacation, you know cousin Eddie drinking the eggnog out yes. of the moose antlers. <laughs> you have to get an eggnog cup in that movie. So. Absolutely. Uh, that's right. All right, let's dive into the. Uh, did you get? Did you get some good stuff for Christmas? Anything good for Christmas? Yeah, no. Oh, all my! I got a new backpack. That's, my wife said that my backpack's falling apart. And you know, when we travel for work, we're packing up our laptop. We have so many things in our backpack. So she got me a new one, which maybe doesn't sound like an awesome gift, but I loved it, and I'll use it all the time. So. The weirdest thing about being an adult is you get excited about things like a backpack. I'm in. I'm insanely jealous of your backpack. I wish. I wish that my, my wife got me a Philip Rivers like little stuffy doll that I'm going to use in my uh, HQ hits uh, in my background. But I wish that I had gotten a backpack. Who makes the backpack that you got? Maybe we can get them as a podcast sponsor. Uh, I think it's Jansport. <laughs> it's me. It, it is, it, but it's not Jansport. Okay. Um, all right. Well, we need to find out about this backpack situation because I have a I have a backpack that the folks at Oddshark dot com gave me when I was out in Vegas for the super contest, but I want a new backpack as well. One that is like super laptop friendly. Um, and maybe even a Jansport. I'd be fine with the Jansport. Anyway, let's get to some news. First of all, I saw this headline come across and I knew that you had written it. Um, it is actually, I saw multiple, uh, headlines that I knew that you had wrote, but this one was easy. Tom Brady definitely sounds like he's planning to play in 2019 when he's 42 years old. Are you buying or selling Tom Brady actually playing next year? You know what? It almost feels like this is, you know, last week the Ravens announced that extension without actually signing any paperwork. There's still no contract, and everybody's just kind of let it die and let it pass. That's what this feels like. Brady's just getting out ahead of it so that he doesn't have to talk about it for the next four months. He can just say, hey, I already said I was playing, even though maybe he's not sure. Because remember last year, 
he held out until, or he didn't hold out, but he kind of kept it under wraps until like April. I mean, there was an ESPN report like two weeks before the draft that said, hey, Tom Brady might retire. And then his agent, Don Yee, came out a couple days before the draft and said, no, Tom's definitely going to play. So he let that drama play out all offseason. You know, there's the Gronk retirement drama. So I think he's saying this now to get ahead of things so he doesn't have to deal with it for the next three months. But I don't think that means 100%. If I was putting odds on it, I'd say I'm about 95% sure he's coming back, but it's not a lock. Yeah, I think that Brady probably comes back if they get really close like last year and they lose and he feels like they can still win with the team next year. I think he walks away if they win the Super Bowl. Uh, and then like if they don't get a bye for some reason and um, he feels dinged up and they struggle in the playoffs, I could see him I could see him leaving. I just think it's tough for a guy like him to to figure out when he wants to walk away from football and and when he wants to just call the dogs off. I mean it's you know it's not easy to say, all right, like you know, I've got five Super Bowls I guess I'm done. Yeah, it's time to time to call the dogs off. I, I think Brady will struggle with that. Uh, Baker Mayfield, a lot of football left in his career. He owned up and admitted that he stared down Hugh Jackson. Not that we needed to, him to admit it, John, because he did it for like 30 seconds, maybe 30 minutes, however long it was. Um, but he said, football, quote, football is not meant to be a soft game. Uh, are you surprised that Baker admitted that he was glaring at Hugh Jackson after that, in the middle of that game against the Bengals? And are you, where, where do you stand on this as a Bengals fan? Look, when Baker Mayfield said after the game, he kind of played it nonchalantly and basically denied that he stared at Hugh. I was, because, I was all for this. I love that he stared down Hugh Jackson. And Hugh Jackson deserved it. It's exactly what I would have done if I was Baker Mayfield. So I was a little disappointed that Baker kind of put denied it after the game. So now that he's admitting it, I like the guy even more. This is the kind of swagger you want out of your starting quarterback. I don't see how anyone except for, like, Hugh Jackson's friends and family could possibly be upset that Baker Mayfield did this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, like, Baker Mayfield, if I were a Bengals, Ravens, or Steelers fan, I would not be thrilled about Baker Mayfield being in my division because not only is he going to be good – He's going to be a huge pain to deal with. Like he's going to be, he's going to be thrashing teams and like and laughing about it for the next twenty years. I mean, I, I get like like you as a football writer and someone who you know like me enjoys page views. Baker Mayfield is great, but as a Bengals like a Bengals fan and somebody who's going to have to battle with Baker Mayfield and watch your team deal with Baker Mayfield over the next ten years, that is suboptimal. And as we've said on this very podcast, like you definitely. You definitely don't want to hire Hugh Jackson because that's how you that's how you end up in a in a in a nightmare situation with the, with the Bengals. Uh, Cardinals planning to dump Steve Wilkes after one season. Jason Lockenfor has reported on this pod that that is probably going to be the case. You think it's a good or bad move, Breach, getting rid of a coach after one year? I am generally against it. It, it doesn't make very much sense to me. Uh, but in this case, and there are some cases, we saw Chip Kelly. Jim Tom Sula, you know, the 49ers went crazy, fired a couple of coaches after one season. Rob Chudzinski, the last three coaches that were fired after one season. I was, you know, all those moves made sense. And I think this one makes sense. It's just the whole year has been a garbage fire. It's just been a disaster from start to finish. We had Mike McCoy got fired. You know, you're firing your offensive coordinator three months into your first year as coach. Uh, that's trouble. And so their offense, has scored 201 points this year. And let me put that in perspective real quick. The Browns went 0-16 last year. They scored 234 points. So the Cardinals might not even reach 0-16 Browns level. I mean, this is just a horrible offense. I know Wilkes is an offensive guy, but you're the person who hires the people. You put them in the place. 
and, and you're not running a tight ship, you look this bad. So if the Cardinals move on, uh, I, you know, I'm not hating on that move, even though you should generally give a coach more than one season. But this one, I'm on board. Yeah, I am too, in a, in a, in, in a weird way. I mean, like, I've watched the Cardinals a lot for some stupid reason late this year. And it's really been depressing that through a 3-12 and team. I mean, like, why am I doing this to myself? Um, and, and, like, Josh Rosen has no protection. They're not doing anything interesting to try and help him out. They're not getting the ball to David Johnson. You're right. Like, Steve Wilkes is not an offensive coach. But this team just doesn't look like it has any passion or any fire. It doesn't look like it care. They don't look like they cared. It feels like they checked out uh, weeks ago. And, you know, if they didn't draft Josh Rosen, they would be the number one team getting burnt by this Justin Herbert news. But unfortunately, that's the New York Giants who thought that they could draft Saquon Barkley and then Justin Herbert would just be their guy next year, this coming year in 2019. Instead, Breach, that's not the case because Justin Herbert going back to Oregon and now anybody like the Raiders or the Giants, um, who else? Anybody else who needs a quarterback is completely and totally screwed. Yeah, and you know what, though? You think Justin Herbert, you think he was looking at the top of the draft? Like, <laughs> you know, I don't want to go there. I don't want to go there. I'm staying in school. I mean, I feel like we've seen a couple quarterbacks at least think like that before. But here's the thing is that this doesn't always work out for you. The class in 2020 is pretty loaded, I think. And so, you know, he goes from a guaranteed probably top five pick in 2019 not having that guarantee in 2020. I think a good example recently of that is Matt Barkley. Yep. Uh, he was de facto first round pick. There was no, you know, like that was where he was going to go in the draft. He stayed at USC another year and then to the fourth round, lost millions of dollars. And, you know, I don't think Justin Herbert's going to fall to the fourth round. But, you know, as far as financials, and, and not everything's about money. But as far as uh, lining his bank account, this might not have been the best decision. Yeah, I, yeah. If he wanted to be the number one overall pick, he—I don't know if he was going to be the number one overall pick in this in this draft. But it's not a great draft. If you're a team that needs a quarterback, you could surrender stuff and move up to get him. And I think the Giants would have been willing to do that, and they have a good pick anyway. Uh, the Raiders might have liked him, so they might have been willing to use multiple picks. The Cardinals, who are going to probably have the number one overall pick. You know, they won't be drafting a quarterback. So this would have been a good spot for Herbert. And you're right, spot on with Matt Barkley. Dude was going to be the number one, the first overall pick. And, you know, when people needed quarterbacks, he goes back to school and then he ends up plummeting in the draft. So I think that certainly uh, burned him a little bit. Okay, Mike Tomlin says he doesn't want to add pass interference to the list of replay reviewable plays despite the Steelers getting completely hosed by the refs on some terrible Joe Hayden pass interference calls. Do you like, would you like to see pass interference be reviewable? You know, we talked about this on the Monday podcast a little bit and my, my take is very. This surprises me that Tom. He's on the competition committee. He has some power. If he can talk people into making this reviewable. It's something that probably would change. And for his team to get just burnt on this on a call like that, and for him to not be on board with that change, is somewhat surprising. Uh, but my stance has been with officiating all the time is the coaches have two challenges. Let them challenge anything they want. If they want to challenge uh, offsides, twelve men on the field, pass interference, whatever it is. Same rules apply. If you lose your challenges, they're gone. But just let them challenge anything you want, and that solves every problem, right? I, yeah, I agree. I mean, like, yeah, give them, like, 12 challenges each and say, hey, listen, if you screw this up, you screw this up, deal with it. 
Um, but yeah, it, it seems silly to me that like something like that, it's, I get the subjective and it's hard to, it's hard to determine, but like the Joe Hayden thing, you could have paused it, gone back and looked at it and it would have been very, very obvious that it wasn't pass interference and easy to take care of. Um, I love, this is, this might be the most Breachian, uh, post headline ever, but it's really good. Chiefs Patriots wild card game question mark for crazy NFL playoff scenarios that could still happen. Um, I know how the Patriots wildcard thing works out. It's where the Chargers win the AFC West and get the one seed. The Chiefs fall to the five. And I, I think this is right. And then one, two of the Titans, Ravens, and Texans win and the Patriots lose. The Patriots would fall to four and they would host the Chiefs in the wildcard round. Did I get that right? I think you pretty much hit the nail. There's a, there's a lot that has to happen. I don't think anyone thinks it's going to happen. But could you even imagine a wild card game between the Chiefs and the Patriots? Because a, I think a lot of people feel those are the two best teams in the a, are the two most likely teams in the AFC to end up in the Super Bowl, and for them to play each other possibly in the wild card round, and one of them is just gone off the bat. I mean, yeah. the Ravens would love that, the the Chargers would love that because that's just one of the best teams just automatically gone. Uh, so I think the rest of the AFC would absolutely love it if this happened. But, you know, you just mentioned everything that has to happen. It's a pretty far-fetched scenario. But, you know, it, the AFC playoff race is so crazy right now that there's no way to predict what's going to happen. There has not been a single seed in the AFC clinched yet. There's only one week left in the season, and not a single <laughs> seed has been clinched. That, I mean, that blows my mind. That is crazy. All right, what are the other three crazy playoff scenarios that uh, that could still happen that you outlined in that story? Uh, we have the Steelers and the Ravens can both get to the playoffs. Uh, uh, same. Yeah. You know, it's not one or the other. If both teams win on Sunday and Colts Titans ends in a tie, <laughs> have the tiebreaker over the nine, six and one Colts and Titans. They would get in as the sixth seed. The Ravens in as the AFC North winner. Uh, also the Ravens or the Titans could still get a first round bye. Wow, so if yeah. The Titans lose on Sunday, they're out of the playoffs. But they also could get the two seed and get a first round bye, which is kind of mind blowing. Uh, and then the last one is the Texans just getting the top overall seed in the AFC, just because we've been talking about the Chiefs and the Patriots all year. What if Bill O'Brien and Texans just snuck in there and stole the one seed and got home field advantage throughout the playoffs? That would be pretty crazy. That would be crazy. You know what? If that happened, Ryan Wilson would never let us hear the end of it because he predicted that the Texans would win the AFC South. We made fun of him early on in the season when they were 0-3, and now he's uh, looking like he's going to probably get that right, although a lot could still happen. Um, speaking of predictions, we're going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, you and I will talk about our best and worst predictions of the year. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, 
I used to go as a kid. I wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. All right, let's go through these, Breach. Um, I sprung this on you late, but I know that you're you're always in tune with your predictions. You like to see where you know where like where the smart things are going, and we like to talk about um, our best. And so we're going to talk about our best and worst predictions of the year. At one point in time, for me, my best prediction was looking like Redskins win the NFC East. That obviously is not the case. The Cowboys won the NFC East. Um, I'm going to say that right now. My best prediction, and this is a prediction that is not true, but I think the general sense of it is accurate. Um, the, the Kansas City Chiefs would win the AFC West and that they would end up making a run to the Super Bowl. I believe they were a Super Bowl caliber team coming into the year. And, and in fact, in, um, when we did these, these, uh, me, Dubin, and did you do the thousand dollar bet thing with, uh, me and RJ? I did. You did. Yeah, you're in the post, right? And when we were divvying up the money that we would use for that post, um, I put uh, 15 bucks or 15 fake dollars on Patrick Mahomes to lead the NFL in passing yards at like 60 to 1. And so that, or maybe it's 40 to 1 or whatever it was, but that's going to be a big payday if that ends up winning. And so my, me being as high as I was on the Chiefs, I think was the smartest thing that I had this season. What about you? And here's the funny thing about that is that most people, you know, I think people thought the Chiefs were going to be good, but there was still a lot of question marks about Mahomes, and no one thought they were going to be this good. And you were definitely one of the few people to add them in the Super Bowl with your preseason pick. So or, or the, I think it was Chiefs-Falcons. Yeah. So, I mean, you hit the nail on the head with the Chiefs there, and not many people were bold enough to take them that far. And the funny thing you just said about your Mahomes bet is that my bet in that same story was taking Ben Roethlisberger Ooh. to finish the season with the most passing yards. And I think him and Mahomes are within like 20 yards of each other for yeah. the number one spot. And it's going to be one of those two. Uh, but for the whole season, I would say I'm kind of torn here. It would either be picking the Seahawks to finish second place, 10-6 and six, in the NFC West. Everybody kind of wrote them off this year. Uh, and the thing is, you watch Pete Carroll and John Snyder, they just, they're always in sync. There's no... They don't fight. They just always seem to be on the same page. They seem to know what they're doing. They always, in 2012 team, they, they draft Russell Wilson. They have all this young talent. They mold it into an uh, instant playoff team, and that's what it felt like they were doing this year, and, and that's kind of what we're seeing. And then I also had the Cowboys winning the NFC East, and that was kind of like I felt pretty good about that one, but I think it was the same lines that you were thinking in the NFC East was that the Eagles kind of had a lot of luck last year. I mean, they were good, obviously, but that they probably weren't going to repeat as champions, and the division was really up for grabs, and it was kind of a, who do you like better out of the Cowboys and Redskins? You went Redskins, I went Cowboys. I thought they had one of the best defenses in the division, uh, and, you know, Ezekiel Elliott was suspended last year, so now you have a full season of him, and so I thought the offense would really be able to turn it around, and now here they are. I picked them to go 10-6, and six, and there's a shot that could happen if they can somehow win with their backups on the field on Sunday. Yeah, I think that is better than the Seahawks. The Seahawks going 10-6 and six exactly, and finishing second in the division is really good, but picking the Cowboys to win the division, uh, you're going to get props for that from Cowboys fans, and you're right, I should probably even change mine to point predicting, and I got lashed, dragged by Eagles fans. Now, it might not be right, but if the Eagles do miss the playoffs, um, I will I will look smart because I said that they could potentially miss the playoffs. Um, my worst prediction... 
Uh, it might be the Redskins to win that division. Um, I would say, no, my worst, I said the Cowboys would go three and 13 and that's looking very stupid. Um, I've also blasted Jason Garrett multiple times along the way, said that the Cowboys are a fraud and that Garrett should be fired and all this. So I would say that the Cowboys have made me look, uh, more stupid than, uh, any other team out there. I'm, I'm just trying to, th- I, just, I had the Titans in the AFC South. Um, Let's see. Who did I have? I had the Chiefs in the AFC West. NFC West, I went Seahawks. That was too aggressive. I've had a pretty good year prediction-wise, uh, but I think I picked the Panthers maybe. To, no, the Panthers have missed the playoffs. Um, I just got a little too cute uh, with the Cowboys. I think it's probably going to cost me in terms of being dragged on Twitter at some point. Well, I was thinking that Eagles fans, every one of them that ripped you in August for saying they wouldn't make the playoffs, if they don't make it, they should come apologize. Yes. But on the on the flip end of that, you should apologize to Cowboys fans. So you should have, like, some sort of NFC East Mia culpa Twitter party where <laughs> it's you and Cowboys and Eagles fans all hashing it out and hugging it out and, and uh, having some sort of blast. Probably after the Cowboys lose their first-round playoff game, you could do that. I like it. I like it. What's your uh, what's your what's your worst prediction of this year? I would say I'm going to go to. I don't know where everybody had the Bears. Totally whiffed on the Bears. I you know I don't remember if we turned these predictions in before the Cleo Mack trade. I think we did. Yeah, we definitely. Maybe did. that would have changed. That would have changed my mind by like a game or two. I had them five and eleven. I might have gone like seven and nine, eight or eight because their defense just would have been way better. So I'm not going to crush myself for that. The one I am going to crush myself for is taking the Atlanta Falcons to win the mm. NFC South. I said it was the lock of the century. I mean, sure, it's only 2018. We're only 18 years in the century, so maybe not a huge lock of the century whiff, but, man, I'm never making a lock of the century call again because this was just – the Falcons fell apart. They looked horrible all year. You can't even blame it on injuries because Matt Ryan's been healthy the whole year. They've had their star receivers. You know, everybody, for the most part, has been playing. Sure, they lost Devontae Freeman, but they have other running backs – the defense was the huge issue. You know, a Dan Quinn's a defensive guy. I thought for sure that they would be better than they were this year. So, and they weren't. So I whiffed on that one. And of course, I will take one in the face for predicting my Bengals <laughs> playoffs. I went two homer, two homer with that one. Uh, so I'm not, I'm staying away from the Bengals next year. That's, that's the lesson learned there. Uh, in your defense, I think the Bengals. Like the Falcons, suffered a bunch of injuries. I mean, A.J. Green's been banged up. Andy Dalton's missed a ton of time. Tyler Eifert got hurt. They were rolling until that happened. And, uh, the division, you know, the division surprised some people. The Ravens could have fallen apart, but the Joe, the, the Lamar Jackson thing worked out. And I had the Falcons winning the Super Bowl. That's, that's, I, that should be my worst prediction. They've been terrible. Um, I can't wait to curse somebody next year. And in fact, you know what? Well, we're not doing a podcast again in, in 20, before 2019. We'll podcast, uh, for Friday with RJ White and Pete Prisco and Nick Costos to break down picks for every single game in week 17. It's going to be an impossible week. Um, this is a short pod. John was kind enough to hop on and let's get out of here, John. We got, we got, we got, uh, we got, uh, drinks to drink. You got a rental car to return. You got family to deal with. I got to go to, to a Mexican restaurant for my father-in-law's, uh, birthday and, and, and Christmas party. I mean, I got to go slam some tequila shots. We got stuff to do. Uh, thanks for hopping on and, uh, and Merry Christmas, pal. Hey, Merry Christmas to you too, man. All right, buddy. Uh, thanks. Follow John on Twitter at John Breach. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review to the podcast, and we will talk to you guys tomorrow.